Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Here you'll find archived all of our previous messages dating back to late 2020. Our hope is that today's message would be encouraging to your walk with Christ. We also want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get to it. You're welcome. You're welcome. We are uh, looking at Nehemiah chapter 7 tonight. Um, next week, uh, we will be away. We're actually taking a, a trip with our seniors to Vermont, so certainly uh, pray for us there when we get to prayer time. Our last trip was interesting. We'll leave it at that. And then after uh, we get back, we'll have two more weeks left in, in Nehemiah. But I certainly have enjoyed uh, this study uh, and this opportunity and Uh, Certainly don't take it for granted. Uh, Again, it's a book that I uh, love in the Old Testament. And so before we uh, look into God's word tonight, go ahead and bow with me as we open in a word of prayer. Uh, Once again, Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we are in awe of your greatness. Uh, Father, we are certainly not deserving of your mercies. And tonight, uh, Lord, once again, we thank you for this opportunity to come to your house. Father, we thank you for this church that's open on a Wednesday evening. I thank you for those that, uh, Lord, took time out of their busy schedules uh, to be at a midweek service. Uh, Lord, where we lift up our burdens to you. But Father, now as we look into your word, uh, Father, may all of my words be your words only. Lord, will you direct and guide us tonight? Again, we love you. We praise you. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. And tonight... Uh, the title is The Necessity of Leadership and Authority. The Necessity of Leadership and Authority. Again, all of the messages uh, that we've looked at in the book of Nehemiah started with the necessity uh, of something. And so tonight, um, before we get into the message itself, I want to talk about a few thoughts uh, to get us started on leadership and authority. Uh, The first thing is, God is the final authority in all matters. As Christians, it shouldn't be something that we need to explain, uh, but sadly today, uh, we probably need to. Again, God is the final authority on all matters. When we talk about God, we talk about him who knows all truth, who has never spoken an untruth. Whenever he speaks on any subject, It is always the truth. The Bible is not a science book, but when it speaks of science, it is always true. So when we talk about authority today, we're talking about God. God always has the final word. Again, it is absolute truth, especially when contrasted with the opinions of men. Our opinions are based upon our limited knowledge, experience, Often what we've heard from others, our knowledge came to us that way. We were not in the beginning like God. We do not know how everything works, how everything was created. All we know is what we can learn in our finite minds, in our limited experience. But we should be thankful that God knows all things, 
he made all things. And so when God speaks on authority and leadership, he is the leader of leaders and the king of kings. The second thing before we get into the lesson tonight is authority came because of sin. Authority came because of sin. Leadership is necessary because we are in a sin-cursed world. Back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were getting along fine until sin came. And when sin came, God said to the woman, and he shall rule over thee. Because she had sinned against God and sin came into this world, then God put man as the head of the woman. And so that started leadership and authority. So today, authority is necessary in every area, every aspect of our lives, in government, in work, at home. God has put leadership, and it is his systems of checks and balances. Again, he alone should guide men properly to lead, to control, and to restrain those around us. But oftentimes, leaders today uh, do not think that their God-given right of leadership and authority comes from God above. The third thing is authority brings order out of confusion. Authority brings order out of confusion. Someone needs to be in charge. You know, if you ever have a, a group together, uh, hopefully someone will emerge that will be the leader. Um, how many times has a group of people got together and even tried to decide where you're going to eat? If you don't have a leader, it usually doesn't get done. Now, when we're going out to eat, that's never a problem with me. I will direct us to a place to eat. But at work or different places, you have a group of four or five can never make up their minds. So a lot of times, you have people who emerge as leaders. You know, just look at schools. A, a group of boys or girls around, you usually see one in that group who takes the leadership role. And it could be for any number of reasons. It could be for personality. It could be that they're the most forward or outgoing person. Maybe the person has the most money. Maybe the funniest. Maybe the most athletic. You know, there's something that brings that person out to lead that group. The trouble comes is when you have more than one leader or you have no leaders. Then we have confusion. You know, then nothing gets done. So someone must always be responsible and in charge of things to get things done. We have saw through the book of Nehemiah that it was Nehemiah. You know, he was a leader, a God-given leader uh, that we're going to look at here a little bit uh, further. Fourth thing, though the church is an organization, excuse me, an organism, it must have organization. You know, we, the church, are a living organism. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about the church, think about the building, the pews, you know, the physical aspects. But in the Word of God, it talks about the church as a living organism. And we're not going to function properly unless we have the leadership that the Word of God talks about. So again, as 
a living organism, we still must be organized. God has therefore set up pastors, deacons in the church, just as he set up employees and employers and servants at work, uh, families with husbands, wives, and children, and government and people. He's put organizations you know, with leaders you know, throughout our lives. Someone is responsible, and that leader is also responsible to God. Again, the church is organized, and it needs to have a leader. And the last thing in our introduction is that there is a job for everyone. Uh, let's start looking to Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 3. And it says, And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot, and while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them, and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over uh, his, against his house. And so Nehemiah is starting setting things up for protection around the city. He tells them when it gets dark out that they need to shut the gates so that no enemies can get in. Um, in the beginning, there was not a wall, there was no gates, you know, there was no doors, so there was no need, uh, no purpose to have that. But now that the wall is finished and the gates and doors are set in place, you know, it was needed you know, to protect the city. It could have been easy for Nehemiah to finish this project with the opposition that he had to just say, glory to God, you know, we're done, and my job you know, is finished and give it up to somebody else. But he knew it wasn't quite done at this time. So the reason that the wall went up was to protect the city of Jerusalem. And so he was continuing his leadership through chapter 7. And so the walls are up, everything is complete, but when we go to bed tonight, he wanted to make sure the gates were closed so the enemies wouldn't come in. And he said, in the morning, you know, don't open them up until the sun's up, and so then we're able to see if anybody comes against us. Uh, in these uh, verses, we see it says, everyone in his watch. Every person was a part of this plan, of this ministry that Nehemiah had. There was not a person you know, that was left out. He had them watching over their section of the wall. You know, a lot of times today, Christians may feel that they really don't have spiritual gifts, uh, that they just don't have talents for the Lord. They may not say that they can teach a Sunday morning Bible study class, or they can't be a leader. But just like Nehemiah had here, there was people working in many different positions in the ministry. And the same thing in the church today. There's many different areas of ministry. Um, in the book of James, in 3, uh, verse 1, it tells us that there's masters and leaders and teachers. But James says that we shouldn't even uh, look to be one of those unless we're given the gift because of the added responsibility. For those that teach the Bible, God is going to hold you accountable for what and how you teach. For our pastors, God is going to hold them responsible of how they care for the flock. And so there are added responsibilities for some of these leadership positions. 
but every member of the body of Christ has gifts and they have things that we should be doing to the glory of God. And the first thing is everybody can and should be praying for this local body. It's the most important thing. Nothing eternal is ever accomplished without prayer. When people get right with the Lord and churches get right and are men and women of prayer, the church can do fantastic things. You know, and throughout history, when we see a great moving of the Lord, it is accomplished because men and women of that ministry are men and women of prayer. And it is only as strong as our weakest link. So if every member of this church prays as much as I do, how strong will this church be? If every member of the church prays as much as you do, how strong will we be? You know, again, you guys are here on a Wednesday night on a prayer meeting. Uh, so this is more of a question to ask for a Sunday morning. But let's move forward. Second thing, every member of the body of Christ can also witness. You know, we can share the love of God. We may not have the words right. We may not have all the uh, symmetrics right. You know, but we can show them the word of God. We can invite them to church. You know, we can bring them here. So are we men and women who, A, pray, but then, B, witness and share God's love? You know, we should at least be able to say what God did for us, where we were before we became saved, and what God has done for us now. But a lot of times, people, Christians even, want to have that title. They would rather have a position of authority. You know, churches are made up of some leaders, but everybody is a part of that body of Christ. And we can be most effective when all of our members are members that pray and that witness. So with that to begin, uh, let's take a look at leadership and authority uh, in the um, life of Nehemiah. Uh, the first, in the completion of the wall in the completion of the wall. Let's look back at chapter 6, verse 15, which we uh, covered last week. And it told us, So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, Elu, in 50 and 2 days. And then let's move forward to chapter 7, verse 1. Now it came to pass when the wall was built, and I had set up the doors, and the potters and the singers and the Levites were appointed. So what an exciting day for Nehemiah, you know, that the walls were complete. He had prayed and fasted for four months, and now his goal is done. So what we want to look at are four reasons why the wall was completed. A lot of these we have touched on before, uh, so we'll move through these a, a little quicker. Uh, the first, it was completed because the power of prayer. As we've already mentioned many times, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He prayed and prayed. When things were bad, he prayed. When things were good, he prayed. When he had opposition and his enemies came, he prayed. One of the reasons that the wall was completed, and in such a short time, was because he was a man of prayer. The only way that local churches today can be successful in this day and age is if we are a church of prayer. 
God has to be in the work. He has to be invited in to be the head, and he wants to be the center of every local church. And this comes through the ministry of prayer. The second thing why the wall was completed was because of the protection of God, because of his protection. Uh, We had talked last week and, and weeks prior, Nehemiah had enemies every day threatening him. Ten times they said unto me, four times he brought this evil message. He faced Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the armies of Samaria, and the Arabians. All those enemies kept coming after him, attacking him. He had to think about it and deal about it while he was continuing the ministry. Uh, He prayed for protection. And it was all because of the blessing, the presence, and the protection of God that this wall was built. How vulnerable were these people when it was being built? But they and us today are safe if we're in God's hands. Uh, No matter what could be coming upon us today, we are safe when we're in God's will. It was also built because of the purpose of one man. Uh, Lesson number one talked about the necessity of a burden. Nehemiah had a burden. Nehemiah was determined. God gave him the burden, the message, the means, and the motivation for this project. So he left his secure job back in Babylon to begin the task at hand. He didn't have financial means for his um, uh, mission, but the king gave everything that he needed. He was burdened, and he had an attitude to do God's work, and that attitude caught on because he was so determined. And again, we see that it was built in 52 days. It was finished because he was a godly man with a burden. And we should be able to see how God can use just one person. We don't know the power of one godly praying person has, but we certainly can see it here in the book of Nehemiah. There's all kinds of things that people can do, but we must be used by God. We must have a burden for it. One man right with God can have a lasting impact on the church today. The wall was also completed because it was planned with wisdom. It was planned with wisdom. We saw earlier that Nehemiah just didn't jump into this project. He surveyed it. He prayed. He asked the king for the materials, the timber, for safe passage. He then went and surveyed the damage. He looked at the city walls. He saw what was needed and had it all in his mind, and he approached the people and said, God has sent me here, and we're going to rebuild the walls, and the king is going to give us protection. He's given us his word, and he's given us the timber. So Nehemiah was able to encourage the people, and the people got behind him, got behind his leadership. But he planned with wisdom. Today, when we have a ministry for the Lord, do we just jump in? without looking around, or, we do, or do we survey the situation and then move ahead at God's timing? Then we're going to take a look at the charge of Nehemiah. 
the charge of Nehemiah. It says that he placed in charge the ruler of the palace. He gave him charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. The first thing he does is he appoints servants. Throughout the chapter 7, we see Nehemiah appointing groups and people. Um, it begins in verse 9. He gave two men charge over Jerusalem. He began setting servants in place. It might find that strange that he starts putting servants here, but we don't need a leader if there's no one to lead. And so we see that he brings everybody into this mission, and they needed leadership and guidance. You know, we don't need pastors or deacons unless there is someone to be led at the local church. Then in verse 39, it says, The priests, the children of Judiah, and the house of Jeshua, 973. And so we see that the priests that he appoints are going to be direct descendants of Aaron. So they were the sons of Aaron. They were those who took care of the sacrifices. There was a high priest, but the priest's responsibilities mainly were for the spiritual atmosphere and the spiritual oversight of the tabernacle in the temple. Then we see that we have singers that were the son of Asaph. In Psalms 79 and 83, we find that they were written by Asaph. So he was the music director of the temple. Next, there was porters. And here the porter means doorkeeper. This is what David was saying when he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. So these porters kept the doors. They kept watch. They screened people who came in. You know, there are certain people that were not allowed. Gentiles were not allowed in the tabernacle of the temple. And so the porters were the servants of the priests who kept the doors and screened the people who came in. And so we see that all of these people are servants. The priests are servants of God. The Levites were the servants of the priests. The porters kept the gates and helped the Levites. The singers sang and prepared the atmosphere of the house of God for worship. Many others were servants of one or another. And so it took everybody to start putting the city back in place. And so today, you know, are we doing what the God has called us for? Are we working in the areas that he has called you or I for? Again, a lot of times people want to have prestigious roles, but the Bible tells us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last in the sight of God. We want to move and take a look at some of the qualifications you know, of these that Nehemiah put in charge. In verses 2 and 3 of Nehemiah chapter 7, uh, we'll go ahead and read uh, that. It says that I gave my brethren Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. And I said unto them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot, and while they stand by, let them shut for the door and bar them and appoint watches in the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch and every one to be over against his house. So here, first of all, we find out that they were faithful men. They had worked on the wall. Nehemiah had saw their faithfulness to this project. 
for 52 days and nights. He noticed their leadership skills, um, that they were kind men, uh, but when something needed to be done, they made sure that they got the job done. So these were faithful leaders. So qualifications for a leader, you know, are they faithful? The second thing is they fear God. In verse 2, it tells us that they feared God above many. This is a healthy, reverential fear. It makes you love, respect, and obey God. These men, if they were going to be leaders, had to fear God above many, especially above men. A man who fears God will preach the whole counsel of God. The fear of God will make you honest in everything. It will make you disregard the feelings of men, uh, not necessarily in a bad sense, but too many times today we have people who fear speaking the truth of God's word in fear that they offend somebody. You know, if we have a pastor who loves and fears God, we're going to preach the whole counsel of God. And yes, there's some in the Bible that is offensive, you know, we are sinners. You know, we should be offended when we see ourselves called out here. But too many times today, we have teachers and pastors and others that are afraid of men and what people will say and how small their congregation may go so they won't pe preach the whole counsel of God because they'd rather not hurt men but um, not um, worry about what God would say. So these... People were faithful, and they also feared God. Uh, also, they were sensitive to God, sensitive to God. Uh, let's look back at Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 12. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, and that, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. And let's move to chapter 7, verse 5. And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them, which came up at the first and found written thereof. Nehemiah was sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. He said, I perceive that God had not sent him. Well, how did he do that? How was he able to perceive that God had not sent him? Because he was in submission to the Holy Spirit of God. He, again, was a man of prayer. And so Nehemiah said, my God put into my heart to do this thing. Uh, again, he was close to God. Uh, Christian today, are we close to God? You know, can we perceive when God is working in our lives like Nehemiah did? Um, we as Christians have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You know, should be guiding and directing us. You know, we need to be sensitive to the Lord's moving in our life. We must understand the position of leadership and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Lord helps the simple. You know, so many times I would run off and do things on my own and fail miserably. Need to be patient and wait on the Lord's willing in his direction. And it's often hard to do. And the fourth and the last thing, they base their decisions on the word of God. Back in 
chapter 7, verse 5, it says, And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and rulers and people, that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them, which came up at the first and found written therein. And so there was a register that Nehemiah looked at. You know, he didn't just say that I'm governor around here, and if you say you know, that you are a Jew, then I will go ahead and put you here. You know, he wanted to look up and make sure what was written down you know, matched up. And he also wanted to make sure in the genealogy, if you were a uh, son of Levi or the son of Aaron, then you could be a priest. But if you were not, then you could not be assigned as a priest. And so again, Nehemiah didn't just take a person's word. He wanted to make sure it was written in the records of God. And so Nehemiah based every decision that he made on the word of God. And every true Christian leader must be guided by the word of God and by the spirit of God. He cannot be subject to popular opinion, cannot be subject to what looks like it may be successful, can't be led by emotions or fear or family or finances. The word of God and the spirit of God alone must guide him. He and God must have that settled and it, you'll always fall back. The word of God is true. So there is such a thing as biblical authority, biblical chain of command. Someone needs to be authority in the church. Someone needs to be authority in government. God put these people in power, authority over us, and they are responsible to God. Again, our pastor gives an account to God. Uh, you as teachers give an account to God. We, as leaders of the home, will give an account to God. You know, whatever area of ministry you have, you will give an account to God. And we are responsible to God. Nehemiah was a fantastic godly leader because of these things, um, because of his humility, because he was a man of prayer. He was also sensitive to the Holy Spirit and sought God's word in all his decisions. Today, do we find that in our lives? You know, whether you know, our ministry is a ministry of prayer a ministry of encouragement, uh, working in the children's programs, uh, in VBS. You know, Ron has talked about already needing to look for some leaders uh, in VBS. You know, they need to have these qualifications uh, because God has entrusted them uh, with the hearts of these young boys and girls. You know, godly men and women, you know, that are seeking God's will for their lives there. So today, you know, whatever ministry that God has given you, you know, are you the godly leader that Nehemiah was? Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the study of Nehemiah and Lord, the godly man that he was. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for the leadership. And, and Lord, sadly, today we see uh, a lot of leaders lacking. Uh, both inside and outside the church. Uh, Father, may we be men and women of prayer, uh, Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
uh, Lord, following uh, your direction in our lives. And Father, uh, Lord, allowing this church to be a lighthouse in this community. Uh, Father, as we prepare to go into our prayer time, uh, Lord, may the Holy Spirit have free reign. Uh, Lord, we thank you in advance for the answered prayers that we've seen and that we will see in your life. Again, thank you for those that came out tonight. Lord, continue to bless and guide and direct them. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you'd like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. If you've never joined us in person, we have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12 meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our WANA program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. Again, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon. But until next time, stay faithful. Thank you.